0: morning, Door Creek. Morning. Hey, I'm Pastor David, one of the pastors here at Door Creek. Good to be with you this morning. Happy New Year. Yay, Badgers. Yay. Ah, yeah, we'll give them a little clap, but when we clap for Jesus, we're going to really clap, right? <laughs> yes. Good victory yesterday. Uh, so, we are ending a series in Isaiah 9, John verse 6. We've been in this scripture, one scripture. For a few weeks now, and we're gonna we're gonna end it today, um, and prepare for some other things. But um, I wanna wanna just say, I've never had or been to as many Christmas parties in my life since being a part of Door Creek Church. It's yeah, it seemed like every week there was a Christmas party, and me and my wife we had a ball, and we we just enjoyed it, um, going and meeting new people and. Um, the white elephant gifting and the ugly um uh, sweater you know which I had my Minnesota Viking um (laughs) sweater on um which is you know I thought for sure I would win amongst all the Packer fans but uh I am a Viking fan so I guess that's you know pray for me (laughs) pray for me but really I should be praying for you all uh but um it's (laughs) I didn't win the contest but um you know, we'll see what happens. So it, it's, it's been a joy, and I, I truly do appreciate um, being a part of Door Creek, me and my wife, my family, and it's, it's just a blessing. You guys are so wonderful, so warm, and so um, welcoming and, and all of that. And I know I, I've been here since August, but, you know, it's just I feel like I've been here forever. So um, so thank you for being so warm. All right. Looking at Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 and Actually, a little bit of seven, too, but um, I know we've been focusing on verse six. Um, let's, let's pray before I get into this. Gracious God, we thank you today. We thank you this morning for your wonderful blessings. We honor you for this opportunity, this opportunity to bring forth your word, for each and every one of us here to hear your word. And as James says, that we will be doers and not hearers only, but that we will take the word and we will apply it to our lives. And we will go and we will touch others with your word. We thank you. We bless you today. Use me as your vessel. Lord, I humble myself to you. And God, I want you to increase as I decrease. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. I want you to take note to that. There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Forever. I want to talk about that. Unto us, for unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. So he was given for us and to us. I want to talk about the purpose of the son, the child that will become the Messiah. As Isaiah is prophesying here of the future coming Messiah, the king that will come and will reign forever and ever. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, Isaiah was prophesying this and because Israel was now living in some dark ages. And in the Bible, we didn't hear from the prophets Unless Israel was living in dark ages, God used the prophets to speak judgment, to speak his word to them and to tell them of things forthcoming uh, like the Messiah. God would speak through the prophets and tell them of the judgment for their sin and for their abandonment of God. He would use the prophets. You didn't hear about them during the good times. You didn't hear from the prophets. But in the dark times, the prophets spoke and they spoke boldly. And they spoke assuredly, and they spoke with anointing and power because it was God's word. God used the prophets as his mouthpiece to speak to the people. Unlike the priests, the priests were used um, to speak to God on behalf of the people. See, the prophet was used to speak to the people on behalf of God. The priest was used to speak to God on behalf of the people. So you had two-way communication going. If God wanted to say something, he would say it. Through the prophet, if the people wanted to say something to God. They would say it through the priest, the priest, the high priest would go and make atonement once a year. You know, so the God, God would use the priest to speak on behalf of the people. So so Isaiah, the prophet, is speaking now on behalf of God. And he's speaking to the people um, of Israel because of the darkness and because of their abandonment of God. He has given them a hope, a hope that will be everlasting, a hope that will be forever, a hope that will reign throughout perpetuity it will be no end no expiration so he's speaking this for the hope of Israel and it's for our hope today he said to us a child will be born a son will be given now be, the birth represents new life a son being given a son being given represents a gift so God promised us the gift of new life God promises us the gift of new hope God promises us the gift of new peace And we have that through the Messiah. His purpose was not to come to be served, but his purpose was to come to serve. His purpose was to come to save us from our sin, from eternal sin. His purpose was to come to give us victory over death and hell. His purpose was to come to give us a new life and a new walk and a new talk and a new hope. That was his purpose. His purpose wasn't to come as a royal king to be lauded and laureled by people. His purpose was to come in a humble birth, in a manger. He had to come wrapped in swaddling clothes where he might be missed if you're not looking in the right place. His mission, his purpose was to come so that we would receive him the way that he is because one day he would be great and powerful and mighty. He's coming with that purpose. He's not distracted by anything that's going on around him. He's not distracted by those who are rejecting him, those who are not receiving him. He has a purpose, and he is driven with that purpose, the Messiah, the king, the coming king, the advent that he's coming. And Isaiah is preparing Israel for this coming. Now, as, uh, as any people, when someone says something is coming, you start looking at your calendar, you start wondering, when is he going to come? When is this going to come? You know, we're talking about 700 years before Jesus came. Now, if, 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 if we were told something was coming and they told us, but you're going to have to wait 700 years, okay, or if they even told us you're going to have to wait 700 days, we would get impatient, wouldn't we? We would plan ahead. We would say, well, you know, maybe we can make it happen. Maybe we can happen, make it happen quicker than this. We would get in the way. We would try to manipulate the process. We try to manipulate the Messiah. We would try to manipulate his advent. We try to manipulate his purpose. But we can't manipulate what God is doing. We can't manipulate his promise and his purpose, God's purpose to us. When we manipulate, it's man getting in the way, it's man trying to make things happen. I invented this new word that when God does it, it's not manipulating, it's called God-nipulating. Yeah, you take the man out and you put God in it. It's God manipulating. God is 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 orchestrating and He's moving things around. He's making things happen. When they killed all the male the, the male children, God orchestrated it so that Jesus would so that Jesus would survive through the lineage of David. When even to the time when Mary and Joseph would give birth, God made it so that the census was called so that they would be out of the way of danger into another place. God will orchestrate your life get you where you need to get to so that his purpose can be done sometimes you might not like where God takes you or where God has you but trust in the process because it's his purpose and his purpose is to make sure that you arrive to the destiny that God has planned for you to arrive so it wasn't pleasant for Mary and Joseph it wasn't pleasant to have to give birth to in in, in a stall around um, um, animals and in a manger. It wasn't pleasant, but they were out of the way of danger. The inn was full because God didn't want them there. You didn't get that job because God didn't want you to get it. You didn't get that house because God didn't want you to get that house. But Lord, why? We prayed, we prayed, we wanted this to happen. God has a bigger and a better plan that you might not understand. But you got to trust him with the process amen hallelujah you gotta trust God God has a process that's not controlled it's not manipulated by us he has a process that works out in his timing and it's always perfect always perfect Mary and Joseph could have complained I'm carrying the Messiah why do I have to be in this smelly barn you know, you said blessed, blessed and, and highly favored am I. Why do I, have to, why do I have to get on a donkey and go with my belly out here and, and it's very uncomfortable? Sometimes life is uncomfortable. Sometimes you're going to have to ride the donkey. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you're going to have doors slammed in your face and say, we have no room. We have no position for you here. But God has a purpose and a plan revelation says that he opens doors that no man can shut and he shuts doors that no man can open so if God shuts the door let it stay shut stop pounding on it like Fred Flintstone let me in let me in let it stay shut because somewhere he's going to open up another door Jesus' purpose was to come, to give us a new life, a new hope, to open up doors of opportunity for us. And that main opportunity is for us to be saved, to receive salvation, to have eternal life, to be free from the damnation of sin and hell. That was his purpose. The Messiah unto us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, meaning we did nothing to earn it. It was given to us. It was given to us. It's a gift. Jesus is a gift. Salvation is a gift. As I often say, salvation is free, but it's not cheap. <laughs> salvation is free, and He came. That was His purpose to die for us and to rise again. Second thing I want to look at: not his, only His purpose, but His promise. The Messiah, the everlasting father. Now, everlasting father, the word looking at everlasting um, in the Hebrew, in, in the Old Testament, where they you know, written in the, in the meaning of Hebrew, Isaiah was writing, meaning everlasting, meaning it has no end. It has no expiration, meaning it will be there forever. Everlasting father. Jesus is our everlasting father. Unlike the Greek, everlasting meaning uh, um, when you say there is no beginning and there's no end. It's just there always. Okay, but he's not so much talking about the beginning, but he's talking about that this he will reign forever, that you have to look. You don't have to look for any end. The everlasting father will always be there, even when it seems like he's not there. Even when you can't feel his presence. He's still there. Our faith, our hope, our trust. Gives us the the, the, the ability to know that he is there. Even when I don't feel him, he's there. Christ is always there, everlasting father. So he makes promises to protect us. Psalms 27 talks about in the time of trouble, he will hide us in his dwelling place. In the time of trouble. Have you ever been in trouble here? I'm not talking about with the law, but just in life. Have you ever been in trouble? Meaning that you were faced with something difficult. You were faced with a difficult decision. You were faced with a difficult situation. You didn't know you were at a fork in the road. You were at a crossroad. Didn't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Me and my wife were there um, for the last few years. Last few years. I was, I was working various part-time jobs. Our income was, was, was very low. We weren't on a fixed income. We were on a broke income. You know what that means. You know, look, I say, people who say, well, I can't do it because I'm on a fixed income, I say, well, you ought to be glad. Being on a fixed income, meaning it's fixed, but being on a broke income is worse. So we were, we were, on, a, we were on a broke income and had a church that was, you know, was dying out pretty much for 20 years just wasn't going anywhere, and, and, and it seemed like God was closing the door, and I was on the other side, still trying to keep the door open. I put my foot in the door say, Lord, no, you can't close this door. Uh, pretty soon, you know, it's going to hurt you. It's going to be hard to kick against the goals, right? So God was closing the door, and God is so merciful. Let me tell you, God is so gracious. He was merciful to us. He could have just said, boom, get out the way, but he was merciful. He was merciful all the way through it, and we struggled, and we struggled, we struggled. Financially, we struggled. We went through financial crisis, and and you know just so many. I only have time to go into it, but we were we were we were down, weren't we? We were so low, and we just didn't understand. Say, God, you promised that you would protect us. You promised you would be there. You promised when trouble came, you would hide us in your dwelling place. Lord, I, I don't see how this financial trouble found us in in your dwelling place. How could you be hiding us? And all of this trouble seems to be finding us. And the Lord just again whispered, said, but trust in my promise trust in my purpose trust in my process and as soon as we closed the door of the church God opened this door here at Door Creek. Now ironic Door Creek. <laughs> amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise be to God. And he opened this door and 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 immediately we just felt God's peace and God's presence and we said Lord thank you. Thank you for Jesus thank you for the Messiah thank you for his purpose and his promise that he made to us that he will promise us that he will hide us in, Pro- in um Philippians 4:19 he says that he would supply our every need according to his riches and glory isn't that wonderful that god will supply your every need not your every want but your every need we got to understand the want between the wants and the needs i want a lot of things but well, there's probably a whole lot of things that, that, you know, my needs are probably a lot less than my wants. But God promised he would supply our every need, Philippians. And um, he promised that, and we saw that promise. When I was a kid, my, my, um, I had a cousin who had a three-speed bike. It was green, and it was fast. And I'd see him running through the neighborhood, riding that bike on the neighborhood, going down hills on that bike. I said, like, ooh, I want me one of those. And so I... Went home. I was the, young, I'm the youngest of eight. So I went home to my mom and said, and my dad said, I want a bike. I want a three speed bike like my cousin so I can ride down the hill and be fast. And um, my dad said, Oh, I'll, I'll get you a bike. I'll, I promise you, I'll get you a bike. Well, my dad worked at Oscar Myers and he, he, goes to, he went to work at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And we would not get home until 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. So 2 o'clock ran, came around. He went to work and I didn't have a bike. And I went to my mother, you know, the baby of the family. And I started begging her, said, Mama, please. Daddy promised me a bike, but he forgot. He didn't get it. Please get me a bike. She said, you're not getting it. You have to wait for your father to get it. All day, eight hours probably, or maybe four hours, I begged her. And finally, she broke down. And she said, OK, boy, let's go to Kmart and get you a bike. Went to Kmart, picked out a bike, a green bike, just like my cousin's brought it home we put it together i got outside to ride it the wheels were rubbing against the brakes uh the handlebars were crooked and i said this ain't like my cousin's bike and said you wanted a bike you got it so 11 o'clock at night rolls around my dad comes home and he has a bike in his trunk oh yeah and i'm like This bike doesn't really work good, but he got me another bike. Well, got the bike out. The bike was beautiful, tan. Got it out, no rubbing against the brakes, the reels, handlebars were straight. My dad said, well, boy, you got a bike already. I said, no, no, but you promised me. He said, but you couldn't wait, so you're going to give this one to your sister. Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) So how many of us missed our blessings that our sisters got? Or that somebody else got because we were impatient to wait on God's process and His promise. You gotta wait regardless. You gotta wait, until it ain't over until God says it's over. So don't go out and try to manipulate the process. Let God go through, let the process take its due course. And you will be happier with what God delivers to you than what you deliver to you. Wait on God's promise, He promised to provide. He promised to be with us. In Matthew, he says, I'm with you always. How long? Even till the end of the world. I'm always with you. In Hebrews 13, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So in your darkest valley, know that he's there. I know we love the mountaintops of life, but the valley is where you grow. The valley is where all the good stuff flows to. You don't get it on the mountaintop. You get it down. It flows down. Reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength. Y'all know the song from day to day? It will never lose its power. Maybe you don't know that song. <laughs> Comes from old Baptist hymnal. <laughs> Still got a little bit of that in me. A Lot of it, lot of it yeah. <laughs> amen. But you got to realize that God's promises are sure. God's promises are yea and amen. Eh? So if you promise, so whatever God is promising you, just like he promised the Messiah took 700 years. But the Messiah came, didn't come how they thought he would come, but he came. Don't miss out on what God is bringing to you because you're looking for something different. Don't look, don't don't miss God because you're looking for something else. Don't miss this. What was it last week, the old brown paper um, bag tied up with string. God is in the brown paper bag while you're looking for the bowl and the pretty um, wrapping paper. He's not in that. Don't miss God because of what you're looking for. Amen. Amen. Then I want to talk about the Messiah's position. Um, I want to go to Matthew chapter 1. (coughs) Real quick and read a couple verses from there. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 and verse 23. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So his position was king, Messiah. His name was Jesus, okay, or it's Emmanuel, God with us. His name is Jesus. His name is what Mary called him, but he was called many other things. My name is David, and David means beloved, but I'm called other things, (laughs) you know, I mean, nice things. I'm called, I'm called pastor. I'm called reverend. I'm called good friend. I'm called patient man. I'm called you know um, you know good listener. You know I'm called you know you know a lot of different. But my name is David. So his name was Jesus, but he was called many things. He was called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He was also called Alpha and Omega. Beginning and end, first and last, bright and morning star, rose of Sharon, lily of the valley, bright and morning star, Lamb of God, Son of God, Son of the Almighty. He was called many things. His name was Jesus, but he was called an everlasting father just represents one of the many titles. And the titles really represent characteristics of him, not his name, but the characteristics of him. He was an everlasting father. He's with us forever. His position of everlasting father is to be present with us, not to abandon us. His position of everlasting father is to be a present father, not an absent father. It's to provide for us, not to be a deadbeat father. His position was to protect us, not to run away from trouble. He said, I'm with you always. His position was to provide for us, supplying our every need. That was his position. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Shalom, my peace. My prince of peace. Jehovah, Yahweh. He had many titles, many things that, that, that represented his characteristics. But when we get in the way, when we start manipulating things and we start begging God to have it our way, Lord, I want it my way. Lord, please do it my way. God, is easier my way. My way is easier. I don't have to sweat as much my way. I don't have to cry. I don't have to meet as many people my way, God. We want God to give us the Burger King. Have it your way. When God wants us to have the King of Kings, have it, Yahweh. Whew. Have it, Yahweh. I want you to have your way in my life, God. I don't want to get in the way. I want to get out of the way. I want to worship you. I want to cheer you on. Listen, in a, in a game, a cheerleader doesn't get on the field with the team. A cheerleader stands to the side. Be a cheerleader. Don't try to get in the game and play for God. Get in and cheer God on. When God is doing something, yay God, go God, hallelujah, bless you God, play God, do it God. Don't get on the field and get in his way. But cheer him on from the side. Cheer on the Messiah. He's doing, he's working in your life. He's, He's working a process to protect you. He's working a process as he has promised you. He's working a process to be present with you. Don't get in his way. His promise, his position, his purpose, his perpetuity, he has no expiration. When we look at him, the son of God, the Messiah, the king, we see the byproduct in trusting him, his everlasting father, that he is there forever. Forever. That means he's anywhere Anytime. He's the forever, whatever, whoever, whenever, wherever, why ever, however, forever. He's the who, what, when, where, why, and how ever. Who, what, when, where, why, how ever. So whatever you need, he's that. Whenever you need, he's that. Wherever you need, he's that. Why you need it, he's that. How you need it, he's that. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's the Messiah, and he's given for us and to us a child, to a son, to a king, to our Savior. What a process! What a process! So I want to ask you this question, what's your purpose, what's your purpose, what's your mission, and what's your vision, a mission is, a mission is what you're about, a vision is how you get there, how you're getting there, what's your purpose in life, it's not just to come to Door Creek every week and, and get full and get fueled up and say, whoa, I'm full, we come here to get full so that we can go out and empty out. Yeah. Oh, your thought was just come get full and stay full. Listen, if you take your car to the gas station, you get it full and you drive it home, put it in the parking lot and you come out in two days and it's still full. That means you've gone nowhere. <laughs> right. So I don't want my spiritual life to be like that. Say, ooh, Sunday, I'm full. And the Tuesday come around and I'm still full. No, I should have emptied out something on Monday. I mean, meaning I should have deposited into someone's life. So it's good to go to the fueling station because that's what we need. That's why we come together to worship God, to refuel our life groups, to refuel. So that we can have something to pour out. If you don't have anything, you can't give anything. If you have a... A weak battery, don't try to give me a, 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 a boost. We'll both be sitting there on the side of the road. Because I will drain everything out of you. If you're not refueled in God, if, you, if you're not where you need to be in God and you're trying to minister to other people, they're going to drain you out. If you don't come to church and, or life groups and get refueled, some Bible studies, you need that refueling. And the Messiah is there to fill you up. David said, my cup runs over. He didn't just say my cup is full, he said it runs over. Meaning for a cup to run over, that means there must be a constant pouring. Because if he stopped pouring, then the cup will get to a a limit and it will stop. But if he's pouring, it'll keep flowing. And that flow is to go to other people. Amen? Amen? Praise God. So what's your purpose? Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Messiah. Maybe you've strayed away. And you want to be a follower of Jesus. Or you want to renew your relationship with Jesus and be a follower of him again. I want to pray with you. And I'm going to ask as we bow our heads and you can repeat these words after me. You don't have to repeat them out loud. You can re- just repeat them to yourself. Um, repeat them in your heart, but repeat them to the Lord. If you want to repeat it out loud, that's, that's your, your option. But I'm going to say the words and ask you if you're here and you want to give your life, make a decision to be a follower of Jesus, or renew your commitment to follow Jesus. Just repeat these words. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sins. He rose from my life. Today, by grace, through faith, I am saved. I am renewed. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.